0: We do have a bully pulpit as small business owners. We do have the authority to speak for our community and for the employees that we have on staff. You'd be surprised how often you can get a seat at the table that you might not have been aware of.
1: From Deergo Collective, this is Responsibly Different sharing stories of certified B-corporations and our journey of joining them in leveraging business as a force for good. Welcome to another episode of Responsibly Different, and happy B-Corp month! That's right, the whole month of March is B-Corp month, and I've already seen all kinds of really fun behind the bee posts on social media so if you're not already uh, be sure to follow hashtag behind the b that's the one of the campaigns that b lab is doing around b corp month there's all kinds of really fun great b corps out there posting fun content so make sure you check that out uh, for today's episode i sat down with kevin brown the owner of SmartSet, a b corp certified union print and design shop out of minneapolis minnesota I originally found Smartset when searching for B Corp certified union print shops to print our annual holiday cards this past fall. And we had such an incredible experience working with them. I could not wait to get them on the show. To kind of get us started, tell us a little bit about Smartset and how you found your way there.
0: So I moved to Minneapolis in the early 80s to do an internship to complete my mass communication degree. And I did a journalism internship at Northern Sun News, which was an alternative anti-nuclear paper in South Minneapolis. And the volunteer editor there was a professional typesetter. And so we hit it off right away and became fast friends. And he eventually started Smartset and hired me as the first-time employee. And for me, what really got me excited about this industry was the realization that we could use the emerging technology, uh, particularly of desktop publishing, to really amplify voices that traditionally were not heard from due to access to uh, money and technology. And so... It was really exciting to realize that we could use this technology for progressive causes. And that's still my passion today.
1: I'm curious, what does it mean to be a union shop?
0: So for the printing industry, just to be totally transparent, there's certainly some financial benefit in being a union shop and some of the work that, that we can do. In Minnesota, we actually don't have a Democratic Party. We have the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. And so no DFL candidate is ever going to send any mail or flyers out without a union imprint on it. And I had been involved in sort of local progressive causes for many years and was doing a lot of design and creative work for some of the progressive candidates. We have a Green Party council member. And it was always frustrating to do all this creative work. And then they'd have to take my design work and send it over to St. Paul or to find a union job for a local Minneapolis election. You know, it was partly getting involved in some local progressive political work. And, you know, ultimately, it was really like B Corp certification, it was a signal to the broader community on how we really value and treat our employees. You know, we're seeing this big shift in union organizing from manufacturing into the service industry. And I think that's really powerful. And I think it's really an important shift that's happening at this time. And I feel like we were sort of on the forefront of that, recognizing that service industry Service industry employees value um, autonomy and having a say in what their workplace is like. And that's all part of being a union shop. So I have always been very supportive of that. I myself am a union member and pay dues. And so it's, it's, it's been really an empowering experience for the employees here. And also a signal to the broader community. That's
1: awesome. And and with being a union shop, so, so maybe for folks who are less familiar with, with unions and, and how they work, what are some of the criteria? Like, what are some of the boxes you have to check in order to earn that that little union bug?
0: You know, honestly, we didn't have to do a lot different from what we were already doing. I think some of it is really just... You know, getting it in writing and sitting down and really being clear on what the expectations are on both sides between management and labor. I will say the, the biggest thing that unions are looking for now in their organizing is healthcare benefits. Obviously, we've seen the ups and downsides of the fact that in this country, healthcare is tied to employment. And so, you know, going through a pandemic, I think everybody has been made painfully aware that if you lose your job, you lose your health insurance. Or if you work in a service industry job, you may not have health insurance to start with. And so that's a sort of bottom line requirement for union contracts, as well as things like paid time off, sick days. Um, but all of that was sort of in place for a long time here.
1: That's awesome. I know. And, and you pay 100% of your workers' health care. I'm so curious, what did that transition to paying 100% look like?
0: I think for me, number one, it's the right thing to do. I mean, if we're stuck with an employer-based healthcare care system, my, my employees' need health care insurance and really the, the talent that I have and the longevity of the employees that have worked here is, is the most valuable asset that I have. We're in a pretty technical industry. It takes me a good six months to train somebody up to speed to be able to work independently. So retention is key. And I would say our average tenure here is over five years. And a big part of that is people need healthcare, And so we, after six months, we pay 50%. After a year, we pay 100% of the premium. But that costs us as a company $4 for every employee hour worked. Wow. So when I started looking at that, it really made me look at how we compete in the labor market with big corporations. Target Corporate Headquarters is less than a half a mile from my office. And we compete with them for the same labor pool, for graphic designers and technicians. And I guarantee they're not paying $4 an hour for every employee hour work. They are able to self-fund their health care plans. They have benefit managers that keep chipping away at uh, their costs and imposing them more on their employees. But it's not a level playing field. And so that really led me to wanting to share that experience with policymakers and lawmakers at the state capitol. You know, every politician claims that they support small businesses. But how often do they hear from us, right? So they have hearings during the day when we're all trying to run our business. And who shows up? It's the Chamber of Commerce, who is largely funded in their lobbying efforts by big insurance companies, big drug companies who are fine with the status quo as it is. So I've been working with uh, Main Street Alliance, Minnesota, and Metro IBA, which is a local small business group to really try to show up and connect with other small business owners and try to meet with legislators and share our direct experiences. And that's been really powerful. We were able to, uh, a year ago, well, just before COVID, we were able to have a meeting with our organization and the governor and lieutenant governor to share our stories on paid family and medical leave which is very much a related issue. And I've been working with Healthcare for All Minnesota on pushing forward proposals for universal healthcare. Personally, I think the biggest economic boon that we could, as a nation, provide to small business owners would be to provide universal healthcare, right? There are so many entrepreneurs who are ready to start a business but have to figure out where they're gonna provide healthcare for their family. I've talked to many small business owners whose spouse can't work in the family business because they need to keep that corporate job so they can maintain benefits. And it also means we don't have a level playing field. Small businesses provide 50% of the jobs in the country and yet we paid a lot more for health insurance than companies like Amazon or Google or Facebook. So why should they get a better deal than we do when we're supposed to all be providing health care for our employees?
1: That's super real. And I'm curious for businesses that are listening right now. What's your advice to them to, to get involved and start taking action and, and lobbying in the same way that you have been?
0: You know, I'll admit it. It was hard. I had a uh, fellow small business owner. Owned a landscaping company in our building and he kept bugging me hey why don't you come to a main street alliance meeting and i blew it off for a number of months and then there was a meetup at a local brew pub and the, the notion of having a beer after work sort of pushed me over the edge and from that first meeting i was blown away to meet other small business owners who shared my values even though we were all in different industries and had different challenges, it it was so refreshing to meet people that shared my views and that really were focused on trying to make positive change. And so I think that's the first benefit is just feeling like you're not alone. And then secondly, I think, you know, we do have a bully pulpit as small business owners, we do have the authority to speak for our community and for the employees that we have on staff. And I think you'd be surprised how often you can get a seat at the table that you might not have been aware of.
1: A hundred percent. And I think you mentioned, too, uh, when we were conversing via email that uh, the Main Street Alliance is actually nationwide. So folks can find their own. Is Do you know, is it in every state or, or is it just kind of like a nationwide uh, organization.
0: Yeah. Main Street Alliance is a national organization with state chapters. There are not chapters in every state yet, but we just got a sort of short-term strategic plan. And the goal is to have a chapter in every state within the next five to six years. So check out uh, Main Street Alliance online and there's a map and you can see if you have a local chapter I know there's one in Maine. There's one in Vermont. A handful in the Midwest. California, Pacific Northwest is very active. So,
1: that's awesome. That's awesome. And the the Metro IBA is is that more just a lo- a local organization that you're involved with, or does that also have some ties to national organizations?
0: Yeah, Metro IBA is a local uh, Twin Cities group. So, kind of our metropolitan area. So, it's Metro Independent Business Alliance. It, it does both sort of networking and policy work. Um, and so Metro IBA has more sort of just get-togethers, gatherings. We've done some presentations and seminars with presenters on things like healthcare. And Metro IBA and Main Street Alliance partner pretty closely on legislative agendas and lobbying efforts. But it is a local group.
1: That is really, really cool. And I know, so one of the ways that I actually found you all was I did a search through the B Corp directory because we had to print some holiday cards and wanted to go through a B Corp union shop and you all popped right up. And one of the things I thought was really cool, you have options to print on all post-consumer paper, which is really cool. So I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit about what does environmental stewardship and kind of sustainability look like from a print shop perspective?
0: Yeah, so printing traditionally is a very dirty and wasteful industry. There's a lot of paper waste in setup and make ready. The ink is toxic. There are chemicals like press wash and fountain solution that get dumped down the drain. And because we evolved from typesetters through being a prepress service bureau, that led us to really early technology in digital color proofing, which led us to digital color printing. So as a print shop, we are committed to digital only, so no big iron presses with toxic inks. And we really have tried to push that environmental footprint to as light as possible. Our We just acquired a new press, which is actually using plant-based toner. So there's no petroleum-based fuser oil in it. It's all plant-based. and For many years, we stock a number of weights of 100% post-consumer recycled paper. And we offer that to our clients at no extra charge um, because we don't want people to have to make the decision between helping the planet and saving costs on their print budget. So it costs us a little more, but we absorb that cost and we're proud to add the recycled bug as well as the union bug on any print piece. I think the other sort of unique thing about our business model is as print becomes more and more of a commodity that you can go to Vistaprint and order business cards produced by robots, we actually are trying to flip that paradigm. All of our technicians here have art or design degrees. And so if you want to come in and look at different papers, if you want to see an actual hard copy proof, you can certainly do that. Maybe you have an idea of something you want to make, but you don't really even know how it's done. That's what we're for. Um, You can talk to our technicians who have both design and print experience, and they can sort of guide you through the process. So we're kind of a quick printer, but in a bespoke way to tailor what we do to each individual client's needs and desires. So that's kind of exciting and, and kind of fun. And yeah, I don't think we're going to grow to be as big as Vista Print or some of our online competitors, but that's okay. We have a great niche here. We've been the community's design and print partner for 35 years, and 40% of our work is for nonprofits because we can offer them sort of uh, start to finish services, consulting, um, as well as really. Keeping an eye on our environmental footprint and minimizing that as much as possible.
1: That's really cool. I can also attest to that. Uh, working with you all remotely from Maine has been amazing. I mean, um, I think it was Molly that I worked with, and she was great. And came, you know, came back with some quick designs. I mean, I think we, you know, had the whole thing done in like two days. It was, it was, and they showed up on the doorstep like within a week. It was pretty, pretty impressive. It was pretty great. Uh, so, thank you for that. And so I'm curious, how did you discover B Corp certification?
0: So I first became interested in becoming a B Corp um, through one of my larger clients, which is Native American Natural Foods, makers of Tonka brand uh, Buffalo Meat Snacks. They're located on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. And I knew that it was important for them to have B Corp certified suppliers, and so I looked into it and just sort of dove in and became certified in 2016. I also have a brother who lives in Burlington, Vermont, who has a B Corp certified consultancy business, so we may be the only B Corp certified brothers in the network. His company is called Business Culture Consultants.
1: I'm I'm curious with your certification, what was kind of the most challenging aspects of it to work through?
0: You know, um I think there were a couple aspects. One is I think it's really important to work with the B Lab to make sure that you're filling out the correct category of certification. So, you know, on first glance you look at SmartSet and oh they're a printer. Well, you know, most printers have a huge facility. They're, you know, they have a big factory plant, a lot of employees, a lot of waste and material handling. We're sort of in between kind of a design shop and a and a quick print shop because we do both. So, you know, we're about 60% product and about 40% service. So we had to work a little bit with B-Lab to find the right category for us to complete in the certification. And then I think after that, you know, in my first certification, I think right away as a, as a small five person shop, it, it sort of made me look at how we document things. So there were a lot of questions that it was like, yeah, we do pretty good on that, but can I prove it? Um, And so to me, that's one of the real advantages in working on your B Corp certification because it really kind of makes you sort of go through the process of documentation.
1: What's been most rewarding about being B Corp certified?
0: So, I think what's great about B Corp certification is that you know, I can talk about our our company values and culture all day long, but B Corp certification proves that we walk the walk, that we're not just saying it, we've had to prove it. And I think internally too, it's been really powerful as a sort of metric to to establish internal goals and really document those and track them over time. And it's been amazing to me that just by focusing on those areas that we're working on improving, we made some substantial improvements from one B Corp certification to the next. So I just finished my third B Corp certification, which is still pending, but our score has gone up every time. And um, that's, that's really rewarding from an internal standpoint.
1: What advice would you give to others exploring B Corp certification?
0: I talked to a lot of other small business owners who are looking at it. And my advice is don't be too intimidated by it. You know, take your time, but just dive in. Even if you don't know all the numbers right away, you can always come back to that and Provide the documentation later, and it's it's not a test. It's not you know B Lab isn't testing to see if you're honest about your information. It's really it, it's really the, a process for you to define your own internal metrics. And I tell people just to dive in and go for it.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To learn more about Smartset, be sure to check out their site at smartset.com. And of course, as always, I will link to it in the show notes for you. So it'll be there waiting for you when you're ready. Uh, quick update on our own B Corp certification journey. We submitted our B Impact Assessment, or BIA for short, to B Lab on April 30th of last year, so 2021, and have been in a bit of a holding pattern until just recently we got moved to the evaluation stage where B Lab Analyst essentially does a preliminary inventory of our documents and answers Uh, to our questions before, before we get sent to verification. So we're working through that now and we'll be moving to verification probably in the next couple of weeks. So uh, very exciting, very exciting times for sure. Uh, then we'll get assigned a new analyst in the verification process to work through the rest of the assessment. And of course, stay tuned because we'll keep you up to date on all of all of the rest of our B Corp journey. Uh, next time on Responsibly Different, I sit down with Sabina Batier of PayActive and we discuss the earned wage gap and how PayActive is closing that gap, helping thousands of workers around the country
2: our founder dr safan shah he invented the category of earned wage access the purpose of pay active and our solution is really to free the american worker from the two week pay cycle so as the word pay active suggests we activate pay it's easily understood by taking an example of the hourly worker Think about an hourly worker who comes to work every day. They clock in, they work through the day, and they clock out. You know, they follow that process on a daily basis between a pay period and then hits the day they get paid. But they have to wait to get paid, even for the hours that they've completed. So the funds are clogged somewhere. And what PayActive has done is we are a technology solution that allows the user, the employee, to access a percentage of what they've earned but have been unpaid between pay periods. The main purpose of that being giving them the liquidity so they don't have to be exposed to You know, many of those predatory fees like, you know, payday loan fees, overdraft fees, late fees, disconnect fees, you know, those things that interrupt their day to day life.
1: Thank you for tuning in and thank you for all the work that you are doing out in the universe. We're all in this together. Till next time, be responsibly different. This is a production of Deergo Collective. To learn more about Dear Go Collective, head on over to Collective.com. That's D-I-R-I-G-O Collective.com. This episode was hosted and produced by yours truly, Ben Marine. To learn more about Responsibly Different and discover all the other content we have for you, head on over to ResponsiblyDifferent.com.